Welcome to the Roz Project Overdrive, an extension of the Roz Project Live that airs every Monday and Friday at 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, in audio and video on Facebook Live, Periscope, Twitch, LinkedIn, and YouTube. This is where we discuss no bullshit, 100% real, raw, and unfiltered, life-changing advice on life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family, tech, and marketing. Of course, my name is Ivan Tomokov, and I'm your host. And today I have an amazing guest who's joining me for a phenomenal conversation by the name of Nelson Tressler. Nelson, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Ivan. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And before we dive in deeper into your story and talk about, you know, everything that you've done, let me share a little bit with the viewers and listeners about your background. So Nelson is the author of the Unlucky Sperm Club and founder and CEO of I Got Smarter Goals Elevated, using goals and personal development to design a life that he couldn't have imagined as a child born to a 15 year old mother. Nelson became the first person in his family to graduate from college, served in the U.S. Air Force, became the top nationwide producer for a top commercial real estate company, closing more than $1 billion in deals, started 10 businesses, including one of the nation's largest privately held pet resort chains. Wow, man. First of all, congratulations on, you know, uh, everything that you've accomplished you know, kind of kind of being one of those people who beat all the odds that were against you. Right. But let's go back. Let's start off with, you know, let's talk a little bit about your early childhood. You know, tell us a little bit about, you know, what was your upbringing like? And because and, I'm curious to know how that really segued into everything that, that, that you did, all your accomplishments. So let's start with there. Tell us a little bit about your childhood and your upbringing. Yeah, I've got quite the origin story. So yeah, my mom became pregnant with me when she was 15 years old. And uh, while she was pregnant with me, her father, the local trash collector in a small town in central Pennsylvania, drove into the town square. There he spotted two police officers, um, stuck a gun out the window and opened fire on those police officers, killing one and critically wounding another. And eventually my grandfather was captured and brought to stand trial where he was facing the death penalty for what he had done. And uh, during his trial, my mom uh, got up and testified to the jury that the reason that her father had shot and killed that police officer was that the police officer had raped her and she was now pregnant with his baby, who was me. And, um, Wow. My mom's, te- yeah, my mom's testimony worked. Um, the first trial ended in a hung jury. Uh, eventually, uh, the state took off the death penalty, um, and my grandfather was uh, found guilty and sentenced to spend the rest of his life in prison without the possibility of parole, which he did uh, more than forty years, leaving behind my mom. Uh, my mom had fifteen brothers and sisters. Uh, and me in this small town to deal with the, uh, you know, the wake of, of what he had done. Yeah. Wow. That, what a story, man. So, um, as you were growing up, I'm curious to know, I mean, that's a very unique story, obviously. And, uh, so how do you, how did you, how did you like rationalize all of this as you were, as you were getting older? Cause your father is still in prison, right? No, that was my grandfather and he's I'm died sorry. in prison. Okay. That was your grandfather. I apologize. So that was your, your, your grandfather. So 
so being that a part of your your family, you know, as you were as you were growing up, like how did you how did you rationalize, you know, all of this and 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 how did you put it past you, you know, to be able to move forward? Yeah. So, I mean, believe it or not, you know, after that, you know, my, my life didn't get any easier. You know, I'm born to a 15 year old mother. Uh, She eventually finds a man uh, who becomes my stepfather and uh, come to find out he's an alcoholic, very physically and emotionally abusive to me and my mom. You know, they have four kids in quick succession, you know, and so now here we are um, because of the lifestyle that they're living. I'm dealing with, you know, physical abuse almost every day, either to me or my mom, Um, you know, and because of that lifestyle, I'm I'm having to take care of my younger siblings because I'm the oldest, you know, changing diapers, bottle feeding, waking up in the middle of the night and you know, it has a huge adverse effect on me and my schooling and my social life. And eventually, you know, my mom would rather me stay home with her and help her with the kids than go to school. You know, education was never uh, had any kind of priority on it. So, um, you know, I remember in the fourth grade, looking down at my report card at the end of the year, seeing who I would have for the fifth grade and realizing that I had straight F's that I'd be repeating the fourth grade. I had missed 50 or 60 days of school that year. You know, I couldn't read, couldn't write, couldn't spell. The following year, I got placed into special ed. Come to find out I have dyslexia. And um, so that's kind of where my life, you know, was to that point. And then one day my stepfather was walking home drunk from a bar and somebody else was driving home drunk from that bar and ended up hitting and killing him. And, uh, you know, as hard as, as hard as my mom's life has been to this point, and, and it's been, you know, really brutal, um, losing my stepfather pretty much broke my mom and it left her with really no hope. I mean, she's dropped out of school in the eighth grade. She's never worked outside of the home. And, uh, you know, no matter how many times she racked it over in her brain, she couldn't figure out how she was going to care for all five of these kids. And it was at that time that she decided that she was going to take her own life. And uh, she attempted suicide. Now, fortunately, she was not successful. But whenever she got out of the hospital, it was at that time that she decided she wasn't going to be able to care for all five of her kids. And that's when my family got split up. And I went to go live with my grandmother, who was the wife of the man who shot and killed a police officer. And that's where my life kind of did take a turn because up till that point, I was in survival mode. I mean, we never had food. Yeah, we never had food in the house. You know, it was a crapshoot whether or not the electricity was going to be on if we were going to pay the bill or heat in the house or, you know, having to worry about my stepfather coming home and beating me or my mom or my siblings. So, um, you know, when I moved in with my gram, all the all my survival, you know, was taken care of. And that's when I started to reflect upon where my life was heading. And I started to think, where am I going to end up in life? And I saw where I was going to end up and I didn't like it. And then one day a counselor came in from the local university and talked about what it was going to take to get into college. And at that time, I thought, you know what, if I could, if I could get a college degree, the rest of my life would be easy. And uh, that, that was my mindset then. So at that time, I just started to decide like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go to college. And you know what happens when you tell yourself you're going to do something very difficult that voice in the back of your brain starts screaming at you all the reasons you can't do it or shouldn't even try. And I remember thinking, 
you know, I remember thinking, Nelson, you're, you're in special ed. You can't read, you can't write, you can't spell. Of my mom's family, those 15 children, only two had ever graduated from high school. None had ever attended college, but I had no other choices. So I went for it. And long story short, 12 years after making that goal, four different universities, four years in the Air Force, I finally became that first person in my family to get a college degree. Wow. That, that's, that, that's quite the evolution of, of your story. I'm curious to know more about, so you were talking about all these limitations that you knew that you had, like you said, special ed, couldn't read, you know, uh, you know, I think you said most, most of your siblings, or if not all never actually went to college. So, you know, you're, 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 you're trying to break the barrier, what was a traditional kind of in the family, you know, like a loom, so to speak, is this that because nobody had done the things that you aspire to do. Yeah. Now, now, how old were you when you were making, like, trying to make these decisions? So I, I was in around the seventh grade when I determined that I was going to go to college and that I kind of saw that as my way out. Mm-hmm. So seventh grade, I don't know how old you are there. 13, 14. 14. Yeah. 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 13, 14 years old. And the reason I was asking about this is just that obviously at 13, 14, I mean, you don't, you're still so young. You can't really rationalize the world, let alone, you know, what your goals are, but you, you decided to change that trajectory of your life. What, what I would love to hear your thoughts on is, can you think of maybe something that just, uh, you know, did you, did you kind of have an epiphany or what really kind of drove you? Can you remember all the way back to that 13, 14 year old, like what was going through your head and what prompted you to say, you know what, I'm going to go to college. You know, I'm, I'm going to strive for more in life because I wasn't given anything. I wasn't given an olive branch, so to speak. But can you talk about like, maybe was there something that really enticed you to do this? Yeah. You know what? I think it's contrast. I I saw, I saw the way other families were, you know, outside of my family. I, I got placed in the big brother, big sister program when I was, uh, you know, 11 or 12 or 13 years old. And I saw the life that, um, you know, he was living with his family and the way his family was. And I realized, you know what, this isn't the way everybody's life is. And I saw, I saw something different and I wanted that different. I didn't want, I didn't want to have a family where, you know, the kids were afraid their dad was going to come home drunk and beat them or their mom, or, you know, you only worked whenever you had to uh, pay bills or you couldn't pay your bills. And, you know, I saw how the world worked outside of my little, you know, sphere of, uh, you know, where I was. And I, I, I thought it was better. And, and I realized, you know, I didn't know. And, and a lot of times I didn't know what I wanted to do, I, but, but I knew exactly what I didn't want to do. And so I started to make those choices to get me away from that. And eventually, you know, it's, it's like walking through fog. You don't know where you're going, but as you take one step after one step, it starts to open up and the landscape opens up and then you start to realize, okay, I need to do this and do that. But, you know, unless you start, you don't even know what you don't know. And, and so many people want to wait until all those traffic lights are green to start on their journey. And, uh, and they're pretty much stuck there, you know, paralysis by analysis, but you got to just get going. And I think that's what I ended up doing was just started like towards, you know, going to college and then eventually other things opened up to you. That's um, one of the reasons that I, that I pose this question is this, uh, obviously at such a young age, that's such a bold move. 
but I think, you know, I, I think you were meant for greatness. You were grant, uh, you were meant for more. It's just like, you know, you just had to go and get it. You had to do it. You had to realize that nobody is going to do this for me. And the only way that I'm going to, I'm going to get the things that I want in life is by, you know, working for them, like going out there and applying myself. And this has every bit to do with, you know, at seventh, eighth, eighth grade, making that decision that, you know what, I'm going to go to college because nobody else in my family, you know, went, went, went to college. So let's talk about the college days uh, a little bit. What, what was, what was that like? What was your focus? What were you studying on? Like, did you, and then I want to talk about the book after afterwards and kind of learn more about like, you know, what prompted the books, but let's talk about the college days a little bit. Well, I mean, the way I got into college was, you know, I was, I was a pretty good athlete. I, I worked really hard at it because that was one of the ways that I saw of getting into college. I saw, you know, the stories of people coming from, you know, rough situations and using, you know, athletics to get into college to better their lives. So I really worked hard at that and was able to, uh, you know, get into college because I played football. I uh, mm. was never a great student. Um, so I did that, but at the end of my first year, uh, I came up short, you know, no matter how much financial aid I got or, you know, the little bit of scholarship money I got, uh, you know, I, I still owed $3,500 at the end of my first year. I was living with my gram at the time. She made $4,800 a year on social security. There was wow. no way I was ever going to be able. And, th and then that's when I decided to go in the air force and, and get the GI bill and be able to do that. And, you know, the, the air force checked a lot of boxes for me. I mean, one, it showed me how I was going to be able to pay for college, but two, it got me out of this small little town where I represented so much and had to deal with so, you know, so much and my family name meant all this. So it got me out of there. And for the first time I realized I could be anybody that I wanted to be, and I could do anything that I wanted to do. I didn't have all these change shackling me down because of where I came from and who I was. And that was truly liberating for me. Uh, once I realized that, I mean, I really strive to do everything that I could. And then, you know, I, I went to college as best I could while I was in the air force, but you know, I was, I was TDY. I was stationed a lot of different places in Turkey and Saudi Arabia and things like that. So, but I did, did the best I could. And then eventually I got married while I was in the air force and then got out and, uh, finished up my career. You know, I had a, I had a child. So, I mean, it wasn't an easy go and, and you know what most goals aren't, and you just have to figure out a way to get through it. And I think that's kind of my superpower is one, I won't quit. And two, I, I just try to be as resourceful as I can. I mean, I grew up with nothing, so you can't depend on your resources, but you can depend on your resourcefulness. And that's what I've tried to do my entire life is just figure out a way to get it done with what I have. Yeah. Uh, you know, as you were sharing this and, and, and I, want, I want to segue into talking about the book because I'm curious to know, uh, you know, uh, how the book came about, came about, but um I think you hit the nail on the head. I think a lot of people think that their life is defined by the circumstances that they face. Uh, and like you said yourself, as I, you know, uh, you, you had nothing growing up, basically you weren't, you weren't dealt, you know, a good hand, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. And, but you changed that you changed it by becoming more actionable, becoming more focused, you know, defining your goals and what you wanted to accomplish in life. And, uh, you know, congratulations on that, because a lot of people, 
you know, I think settle for those circumstances because they think that they don't have any other choices. You know, um, I think especially in this day and age that we live in, a lot of people think that, you know, I'm meant to live this way. You know, I'm not smart. You know, I'm not resourceful enough. Says who? The person in the brain. (laughs) Yeah. And you, and you touched on that. You know, you, you said I was kind of destined for, for greatness. I believe all of us are. And, you know, uh, and once you realize that, I mean, I love, you know, when you, when you show somebody the potential that lies within them and what they're capable of doing, and that's why I'm sharing my story. So people realize that, but once you show them that they'll never be the same and they'll never settle for what, you know, what, what is less than what they, they can achieve. And, that's, that's why I'm out here sharing my story and, you know, sharing my book, the unlucky sperm club and, and, and my program, I got smarter. I want people to realize that potential that lies within them. And, you know, you, you, you've heard my story, you've seen where I've come from, you've seen, you know, the hurdles that I've had to get over and I've been able to overcome those. And I think there's so many people out there that once they realize, you know what, you can get through this. It's good. It's not easy. Everyone's looking for that easy overnight success. I mean, I'm sitting here 21 years after graduating from college. It's not been easy. It's been a lot of work, but it's been worth it. And you're, if you're willing to put in that time and that effort and be patient, you can do it too. All, all of us can do it. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for, for sharing that. I 100% agree with exactly what you said. And um, so you wrote a book called The unlucky sperm club you're not a victim of your uh, circumstances but a product of your choices and a uh, very interesting tidbit from your website actually about the book is that most people who are born into this world are lucky enough to be met with love hope and optimism and that is that is so true most people are uh, and I think a lot of people actually take all those things for granted believe it or not because Again, they take them for granted and forget how powerful those those things are for how you live your life. So let's talk about this book, though. Like what enticed you to write this book? You know, let's talk about, you know, the lessons uh, that people can find uh, in in this book. Can you share a a little bit about that? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about the things I've done after college. You know, I've, I've become the top salesman worldwide for a top commercial real estate firm. I've started 10 businesses. I've grew out, you know, chains of businesses. I've been able to exit those businesses and, and do well. And, you know, I got to the point where what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And I started to reflect upon the life that I had lived and especially my childhood, because the only people who knew about those circumstances out, outside of my small town was my wife. And I told her that before I got married, I figured she deserved to know, but I didn't tell my kids. I didn't tell my friends or my coworkers right. because it weakened me. And, uh, you know, I started to reflect, like, why did I live that type of life? And then it came to me. It's like, I live that life and made it through there so that I could inspire and motivate other people who are in tough circumstances to realize that they can do it too. And then, you know, the, the way that I've accomplished all of those things is through goals and personal development. You know, once I, once I achieve that goal to become the first person in my family to graduate from college, I'm like, holy crap, what, look what I've done with a goal. What else can I do yeah. with a goal? And I started to, you know, use goals in every area of my life and from my relationships to my health, to business, to sales, 
all those. And I realized the power of goals. And, uh, you know, that's when I de- determined that I had used all this to, to have this success. I wanted to show other people how to do that. And so I sat down and wrote this program that I've, you know, used, you know, over the last 20 years, patching all the holes of where I fell and where other people had failed. And I came up with the I Got Smarter program, and then I developed it into an app so that it was easy to use. And then I came up, you know, I designed it so that it could be affordable, you know, 10 10 bucks a month to use. And that's what I wanted to use the rest of my life to do. And I figured, you know, I want to tell people my story so that they know I didn't just pull this off the internet. I actually use these strategies and these philosophies. So I wrote this book kind of talking about my childhood and I pulled back the curtain because, you know, people see somebody who's had some sort of success and they think, oh yeah, you know, it was easy for them or whatever. And I I wrote this book, The Unlucky Sperm Club, and it's about my adult life and the struggles that I had there with my businesses and with my marriage and with my kids. And, you know, and it flashes back to a lot of the lessons that I learned as a youth and it's very, you know, it's very entertaining. It's uh, it's a great read, and you almost don't even notice the self help that uh, that's in the book with the lessons and the philosophies. But um, that's why I wrote that to expose this to other people and and for other people to finally take control of their lives and realize that they are the captains sure. of their ship and that they can uh, really design the the dream life that they want to live. Yeah, no, that, that's that's really, really good. Um, and, you know, one thing that I've seen as a constant um, and, and would love to get your thoughts on this is just that some of the most interesting people in the world have some of the most interesting stories. Uh, obviously, yourself as well, coming from, you know, very, very tough beginnings. And I think, you know, the reason for that is in part because it teaches you a lot of different lessons about life. You know, you talked about you started 10 different businesses. I think a lot of those businesses were a derivative of your early life experiences of what you learned and how you wanted to help and contribute to society. But, you know, I would love to get a, get, get some thoughts from you on that. Do you think that your story, you know, from your childhood, college days, everything is really attributed to, you know, the businesses in the book? Do you think there's correlation there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, in in the title, The Unlucky Sperm Club. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people think that uh, because people are born into privilege that they're going to succeed. They have all the advantages and the opportunities. I put a spin on that. You know, I, I think because I was born in tough situations, it gave me that grit. It gave me, you know, that fuel to want to succeed and want to overcome, you know, the trials that I had been through. So I think you can look at it that way. I mean, one of the philosophies and I got smarter is things only have the meaning that you're willing to give them. And that means you get to assign everything that happens to you in your life. And, you know, as soon as you start giving something a good meaning, then it'll start to strengthen you. If you want to give it a bad meaning, it'll weaken you. And and why on earth would you ever want to give something a bad meaning or a negative meaning if you get to assign that meaning to it? No, that's that is so powerful. And actually, one of the reasons I asked the question um, about do, do you do you believe that your adversities that you faced in your in your earlier childhood, and earlier life, you know, is, is a direct, direct correlation is because, 
you know, personally, I know, especially in the social media space, I follow a lot of people and I've kind of seen this trend that if a lot of people have adversities, you know, in their life, you know, uh, rape or ex-convicts or whatever, you know, that that kind of attributes to it. And that's true, I think. But but I think, as you said, is this that I think it's a great point that, you know, those experiences have to have a meaning and you have to learn from them. So you don't necessarily have to have, you know, a background, you know, of adversity and bad childhood and all of that to become successful or to become the best version of yourself. As long as, you know, you take those experiences and you learn something from them and then use those lessons to create actions towards the things that, that you want to accomplish, you know, in, in life. So my question for you is, did you, did you know you wanted to write a book earlier on? I mean, at what point did you realize that, Hey, you know, I think it'd be great to write this book because there's so many life lessons. I mean, at what point did you realize that? No, I mean, like I said, I, I, I couldn't read, couldn't write, couldn't spell, and I have dyslexia. So uh, writing a book was probably the last thing on my list. Sure. Uh, but you know, I, I saw it as an opportunity to get my, get my message out there, to get my story out there, to inspire others and motivate others. And, you know, the one thing that I want people to realize where there's a will, there's a way. And, uh, you know, you just have to figure it out. And, and as soon as I determined that, Hey, I'm going to write a book, I started figuring out, you know, how I could get it done and who I needed to help me. And, you know, finding a good editor and, and, uh, all, all of those sorts of things. So, yeah, I mean, once I determined that, then, then I realized, you know, a book is a great way to get that message out there, expose my story. And again, to, to show people that, you know, to become the best version of yourselves, no matter what situation you find yourself in and being a product of your choices. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I want to kind of shift the convo towards some of the businesses because you mentioned you started 10 different businesses and would love to hear more about, you know, some of those businesses that you started and, you know, what, what enticed you, you know, to start the, these businesses. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I went into commercial real estate right out of uh, college and uh, did very well in that. But in, in that, in that industry, you're exposed to, you're helping people find you know, real estate for their businesses. So I was exposed to a lot of different businesses, a lot of different industries, and I've always had that entrepreneurial bug. And I ended up starting to buy my own commercial real estate. And, you know, I would have a property that I'm like, man, a, a business, you know, that did this would work out well here. And so I started to do that. You know, that that's, that's how I started uh, my pet resorts. I owned a, an old children's daycare center and converted it into a pet resort. And then, you know, grew that into, you know, one of the largest uh, privately held pet resorts in the country. I got in, uh, I invested in some children's daycare centers and ended up uh, having to take that over because my partner uh, embezzled a million dollars from the company. So I got into that business and had to deal yeah. with that. And uh, yeah, that, that's in my book and, and uh, definitely, um, you know, had some struggles with that business and my hiring practices and things like that. And then uh, got into uh, family entertainment centers and trampoline parks, um, did that, uh, built, ha still have two of those uh, in, in Las Vegas here, um, you know, got into tanning salons, got into commercial rock yards. And now I'm really trying to focus on this new business of uh, I Got Smarter, which is, you know, it's um, 
it's a goal achievement program that we've built an app that people can use it and, you know, giving them all the tools, the knowledge, and, and especially the support they need to finally achieve their, their life's biggest goals and really see their goals through to the end. And that's, that's what I feel like I was placed on this earth to do is help other people reach their potential, you know, one, show them their potential and then two, help them reach it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing that I wanted to mention about that is that because this is something that I've went through myself is just that uh, having the realization of how much everything in your life is really mental. You know, oh. every everything is is mental. And I'm excited that you started this program because, you know, let's face it, uh, there's so much on the Internet nowadays and, and, and a lot of it's good. A lot of it is bad, you know, but nonetheless, it all gives perspective to people. And the one thing that I have learned from a mental standpoint, for instance, you know, I've been a cyclist for eight years. And when I started cycling, road cycling, you know, the first couple of years was really mainly just for endurance. It was more like a fitness centric thing, but then it became a mental thing. It just became, became a mental training. That's why I do it. And I'm talking about 70 miles per week when the weather's nice, I'm out there cycling because I'm training my mind. Right. I'm training my mind or I'm nourishing, I should say, my mind to gain more clarity, to have more focus. Uh, but that really goes back to what I said. And, and I think your program, you know, really circumvents all of that. It's people don't understand that, you know, uh, it, everything is mental. You know, uh, I talked about manifestation um, in a previous episode is that, well, if you manifest positive things in your life, then positive things are more likely to happen. If you if you're looking at it, you know, from a black and white standpoint and say, OK, well, today is a crappy day. It's gloomy outside. It's going to snow and get three inches of snow. It's probably going to put you in a terrible mood, you know, because you are thinking that way. And the challenge with that is this that us human beings are actually born pessimistic, believe it or not. And the reason we are is because we seek comfort. So pessimism is a way to create a shield around us. Basically to say, I'm okay living in this domain, but in order to be able to get more out of life and again, going back to mental is that you're really going to have to push yourself. You know, you're going to have to push yourself to that next level. You're going to push your, you're going to have to push yourself to the unknown. You're going to have to do more things that you otherwise haven't done. And me as an immigrant, as an Eastern European, I know a lot about that. Everything from a language barrier to struggling socially when I was younger, also being bullied all through high school. But again, to something that you said earlier that, that I wanted to bring this back full circle to how important, you know, mental strength is that can really set you up to get the things that you want in life is that just because you had a dark past doesn't mean that you should have a dark future. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes that people make because they allow their past to dictate their future. Now, you of all people broke that chain and said, you know what? I'm not going to allow my, my past dictate my future. And I think that's probably where also I got smarter kind of came about because you wanted to teach people of how to overcome the struggles and the adversities where they're similar to yours or different because we all face some form of adversities in our lives. You know, in fact, most of us, they're different, different capacity, but nonetheless, principally how you can overcome those. Um, 
One thing you mentioned, actually, I'm curious about knowing is, uh, I think you said in one of your businesses, and I think this is in the book, a former partner of yours had embezzled a huge chunk of money, I believe, from from the business. Can we spend just a couple of minutes sharing? You know, I want to know the mental state that that positioned you in, right, when that was happening. And how did you cope and how did you overcome from that so you can continue progressing on your journey? Yeah. So we invested, when I say we, me and my father-in-law, my father-in-law was a local dentist here in Las Vegas. And we invested with a guy that I had found a couple sites for, for his children's daycare as a commercial real estate broker. He, you know, he wanted to do more, but he didn't have the cash flow to do it. So me and my father-in-law fronted all the cash for him to grow out his chain. And for that, we got a percentage of the business and it worked out well for about five or six years. And then 2008, 2009 came and the economy crashed and people lost their jobs. And then that's, you know, my father-in-law was busy being a dentist. I was busy, you know, being a commercial broker. So we weren't really paying attention. We just got our checks and we're happy. And then when the check stopped and then we started to have to feed the business, that's when we started to dig in there and we realized, you know, this guy was paying his daughters hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to do nothing and paying all the bills from his house. And the business was about to fail. And, you know, so we got, we have to get involved because my father-in-law is going through kidney failure at this time and he's going to have to quit uh, practicing dentistry. And, and really he's invested most of his life savings in these businesses. And if they fail, he's going to struggle. Um, so we get in there and, uh, you know, we, we have two choices. We can sue him and maybe even bring criminal charges. It was very clear what had happened right? or, but, but if we did that, by the time we got through that, the businesses would have failed. They would have, uh, you know, got been foreclosed upon or, kicked out of their leases or whatever. That, that's how bad it was. Or we could go in there and say, okay, just turn the businesses over to us. And that's what we ended up doing. And we ended up having to pay him a couple hundred grand to walk away. And that was very uh, humbling to pay somebody who yeah. just stole a million dollars from you, a couple hundred thousand dollars more to walk away. But we did that and then just did our best to, uh, to uh, turn those businesses around in a few years into it, we thought we did it. And um, I ended up, you know, I didn't know how to run a business. I was a broker and hadn't done any of sure. that by this time. And uh, I was doing the hiring and one of my directors, um, one of my directors quit and I had to hire a new director. And, you know, one of my other, my regional manager came to me and said, I have the perfect person for you. And it was a, it was a man who, and I'm like, oh man, I'm not hiring a man to run a children's daycare center. I mean, and it's, yeah. it's probably illegal to say that and do that, but you know, men have a, a target on their back when it comes to that. People aren't comfortable leaving their kids with a man. Yeah. And anyhow, I ended up hiring him because he was awesome and he was doing a great job. He already worked in the industry, worked for a national chain. So I hired him and about a year and a half later, uh, I turn on the news and this is where my book opens up. I turn on the news and there is a reporter outside of my daycare center and there's a picture of my uh, male director uh, with child molester underneath his photo on the news uh, saying that, you know, a daycare uh, director accused of child molestation and And that was like, you know, it was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. I, you know, 
we're still in the recession. I'm doing everything I can to try to pull these daycares out. And now there was that. And that's, that's where the book starts. And, um, you know, event, you know, I, I don't want to give away the book, but you know, sure. it, it was a struggle. And that's what I want people to realize is things are struggles and, and you just have to figure out a way to get through them. But I've, I've had my share of mistakes. And the thing mm-hmm. is you, you can't fail if you don't quit. And, uh, that's what I want to convey is, you know, through this book is just keep going. If you're going to fall, you know, 50 times, get up 51 times and just keep yep. working at it. And, you know, that's why I'm sitting here talking to you today. Yeah, I absolutely love that, Nelson. You know, the reason I asked you about um, the situation with the money embezzlement is because and I almost kind of knew, I think my intuition was kind of telling me he's coming back with a really powerful answer. And you absolutely 100% did that. And what that was is, like you said, we had to pay the guy some money to walk away. Now, a lot of the viewers and listeners probably, and this is why I'm coming back to is because they probably missed it, is that you, you literally made it an effort to, to separate. Because what, what, what people who are so focused and dedicated on their on their purpose and passion is sometimes they realize that you know what i gotta take the the road last traveled to get to where i want to go now you said you know sure we could have sued him sure we could have done all that but in the reality of things that would have contemplated things even more that wasn't a solution yeah and you know what i I, I've, i've heard this saying before is like if a rattlesnake bites you you have two choices you can chase after the rattlesnake and try to kill it, but in that case, you're probably going to die because you have all that venom running through your body. Or you can, you know, get as far away from that rattlesnake and kind of seek help. And that's what I've always tried yeah. to do in my life: is you know what, somebody wrongs me, you know, it, it, it's kind of like you you want to you want to make them pay, but it's 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 like do you want to you want to kill yourself, you know, doing it and. I didn't want to focus my energy on it. You know, it, it drained me to think about him and what he had done. I wanted to be yeah. proactive. I wanted to focus on the good and, and how I could come out of this. And I started to kind of look like, you know what, I'm going to get in here and I'm going to run these things. I don't want to sue him and yeah. deal with that. He's going to get what's coming to him, you know, through karma and, and living a life like that. So I, I don't have to do any of that. All I have to do is focus on what I can control and doing the things that, that I know are, are right and correct. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that so much. And, um, uh, hence why I think you've had so much success in so many areas is that is because you chose to be proactive rather than reactive. And that was a really good, uh, saying that you mentioned too, about the, the rattlesnake too, is because, you know, in entrepreneurship, and I know you've seen this, that, you're going to fall flat on your face many times. Like you said, you might fall 50 times, but get up 51 times because that 50, 51st time when you get up might be the epic win that you've been looking for. Uh, so you kind of have to go through those struggles. Uh, before I forget, where can people pick up the book, um, uh, The Unlucky Sperm Club? Yeah, it's available on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. It's called The Unlucky Sperm Club. You are not a victim of your circumstances, but a product of your choices. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Nelson, before we, we wrap things up on, on the episode, I actually kind of wanted to put you on the spot for a second because it, you, 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 you've, you've had quite the adventurous life. But what I want to know from you is, 
Is there perhaps one key lesson that you can suggest to viewers and listeners, obviously, that you've learned yourself the hard way? Whew, there's a lot of them. Um, <laughs> one will do. One will do. <laughs> you know, the, the, the one thing that I would say is take 100% responsibility for your own success. Nobody else is responsible for that. I kind of touched upon things only have the meaning you're willing to give them. You know, you can't blame. As soon as you start blaming anything on anybody else or anything else, you give away control. And I want to have control over my success because then I can fix it. I can make it better. But if, if I say, you know what, the, the daycare operator, it's all his fault. And uh, he's the reason this is happening. Well, now I've given him that control. And the only way things get better is if he changes something. But if I take on that responsibility, if I take on that control and realize, hey, I'm 100% in charge of, of my success, then I'm, I'm in charge and, and, and I'm in control and my life will go the direction that I want it to. There's so many people out there that feel like they are victims of their circumstances and they assign all their problems to somebody else or something else. And nothing gets better for them because they're waiting for that person to change or the, the right. economy to change or the country to change or whatever. But when you take that responsibility, man, you're in charge and you can set about creating that life that you want to live. Absolutely. I love that. And, and thank you so much, you know, for sharing all of that. And before we sign off, you want to make sure that, you know, viewers and listeners can connect with you uh, out there. I think you have an amazing story. There's probably a lot of people out there who can relate to it. Might be going through it or have gone through similar experiences like yours. So throw out some social handles, websites, anything that people can connect with you. Yeah, I mean, all the social handles are Nelson Tressler. So just go in wh whatever your platform is and type in Nelson Tressler. You'll find me there. You can go to nelsontressler.com and everything is there. The book, you can get, get to the book there. You can also get to I Got Smarter. And that's where I really would love people to go is because that's the program that's going to help you design the, you know, your dream life and actually have you follow through with doing the things that you need to do to live that life that you want to live. And it, the, I got smarter app is on both app stores, you know, Apple and Android. So go there and type yep. in, I got smarter one word and uh, we're giving away 30 days free. And after that, it's 10 bucks a month. And what I like to tell people, man, if, if your goals are not worth 10 bucks a month, you need bigger goals and <laughs> it, it'll help you reach that. It's, it's not going to do it for you. It's not a get rich quick scheme, but it will give you all that tools, the knowledge and the support uh, to, to really live that life that uh, you want to live. Nelson, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. And I want to thank you again from the bottom of my heart for sharing your story and diving in deeper and being vulnerable uh, as well, because after all, th these are things that we focus on on the Roz Project. So thank you so much for, for coming on. I, I truly enjoyed our conversation. I, I did as well, Ian. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you.